Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 223 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray has disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, he has so much stuff going on that I think it took him four or five days to get back to me when I was like, are you alive? Um, but he is alive. And he is well. He is just exceedingly busy between grad school and um, and work because he travels for work. So he's going all over the place. But that's okay because that gives us a t- chance to catch up with my good friend Brian. How you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm <laughs> I'm doing good. It's been a while since you've been on the show. It's been a while since I podcast in general, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how you been? What you been up to? Oh, just anything and everything. Um, I'm launching a business. I'm a full-time caregiver, and I'm working part-time retail. So I, I feel Ray very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been. It's like I feel like during the pandemic when we were all kind of stuck at home, like there was the stress of the pandemic and all the isolation. But now that we're out in the world, all the all the little projects that we started when we were we had all that extra time, we don't want to give them up. <laughs> but yeah. We don't have the time to do them anymore. Exactly, exactly. Uh. So, so yeah, totally, totally feel you on that. Um, so how how what is your let's do weekly geekery? What have you been up to this week as far as geeky stuff goes? Oh my gosh. Um, so I've been actually listening to a podcast on my commute into work. Um, my commute is ridiculous. It's like an hour each way. Oh, wow. Um, all for retail. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it just so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've actually been listening to a podcast I used to listen to way back in the day um, called uh, Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Okay, yeah, I've heard of it. I've never listened to it. Um, it it's really phenomenal. Um, I, he hasn't done one in like three years. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping he's okay. But, you know, it's each episode is basically an audiobook. Um, he picks a topic and he just does this deep dive. It's a really fantastic podcast. Excellent. And so like if you had a, a favorite recent episode? Um, I've been listening to Thor's Angels. Um, it's uh, it, it's kind of about um, Norris paganism and how it related to the Roman empire. And uh, it's just, you have to listen to it. Cause it's just like, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's very interesting. That's awesome. Uh, what's the, the exact title again? Cause I know I will forget. Uh, Thor's angels. Angels and the, the podcast uh, hardcore history with hardcore Dan Carlin. I will have to add that to my 
to my list of things because I've actually been looking into a lot of like mythology and stuff. So I would love to hear how that kind of all worked out back then. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. He talks about like how um, there's certain areas where uh, cultures just sprung up out of nowhere. Um, One of which was like Northern Europe. Uh, Another one was like the Mongolian steppe area um he gets into like uh some cultures from africa uh, just like where the romans were like la 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 and then all of a sudden cultures just coming out of nowhere yeah that's kind of nuts like it's it's i find history amazing i i always worry nowadays if we're like I look for the biases because I know that like what we learned when we were growing up, isn't necessarily um, the best version of what we're, what we've been taught. So I always love going back and finding different perspectives from the stuff that I learned when I was growing up. Yeah. And you get a lot of that from the Roman empire, of course, they're just Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. these savages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And oddly enough, he mentions how the Chinese didn't, have the biases they were just like just facts like <laughs> blonde haired blue eyed people from the north mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting to see how different major uh cultures you know documented things differently right right i'm sorry you you're gonna hear my my dog barking at me because she wants me to throw the ball that's okay. I mean, Lord knows uh, Ollie has made it plenty of guest appearances on this show. <laughs> so that's cool. So um, Hardcore History Podcast, anything else you've been uh, actively geeking out about lately? Uh, when I have spare time, um, I've been playing Diablo 2 Resurrected. How is that? Because I loved Diablo 2, but I haven't had the time to go and look into it. Um but that was my favorite, my favorite Diablo, including the current one. Because even the, though the current one's very well done, I really liked the characters in the, the second. Oh, yeah, Joe, it it's so pretty. <laughs> um, it's it's um, it's bringing back a lot of fond memories. It's reminding me a lot of stuff that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the graphics update is way better nice because uh, when when was it originally published i want to say like 98 99 um diablo 3 was released in 2012 um was announced in 97 uh, with plan launch in 98. Yep. 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 Yeah. Cause I remember being like 12 years old, obsessed with Diablo. Yeah. I remember watching my brother, but he played it a lot more than I did. I definitely played it a lot, but I have that whole, I, I very rarely complete video games I play. And then I'm like, Oh, I should have built this character. And I go back. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Huh? <laughs> I will never get through Skyrim. It's just never going to happen. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a massive game. Anyway, I don't think anybody's like, well, a friend of mine may have, cause like that's all she plays. <laughs> right, 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 right. 
Uh, and I mean, there's just so many things you can do. And so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm sneaking through shooting things with arrows. Eh, I really want to hit things with a stick. <laughs> re-roll. Re- <laughs> I mean, that's just my daily life anyway. You know, I really want to hit something with a stick. <laughs> Brother, you don't know how much I've been feeling that lately. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> well, that's cool. Like, that's a fun, that's a fun game. And now that it, like, I forget that it's there. I think a lot of the problems that I'm having with geeking out and not getting stuff done is it's two things. It's one, I don't have a lot of extra time. And so there's been times where I like, I really want to do something geeky, but sitting here feels really good. <laughs> just sitting here <laughs> thinking about nothing. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then well, the other thing is, is I just forget these things were there. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I was just absolutely obsessed and watching it like a hawk, Mm-hmm. I probably would have forgotten about it. But I mean, it's just like every time I turn on my computer, it's just like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for the second half of um, the the show, you're going to catch me up on some of the stuff I've been missing because we have a lot of the similar um interests in in different media and stuff so i'm i'm excited to hear what you've been all digging into for sure because um, because again i looked at the list you sent me and i'm like there's a lot of stuff on here that i've wanted to deal with but have not remembered to or had time to so yeah yay. um i have been Looking into, I've been going down back to my my childhood and looking into fairy tales. I am a huge fairy tale fan, I and mean, that's kind of why, I like the the mythology stuff, I've been looking into. But um, I was looking into different games that I could play to kind of do a spinoff of our um, monster of the week uh, role playing game that I run. Mm-hmm. And I found this, like there, it's a it's a play by the apocalypse game, and so that's the system. And then there's all of these like derived systems from it. And so Monster of the Week is one of them. And then I found one called Midsummer, and it's basically you're playing a fairy tale character in the real world. So it's very fables, once upon a time, grim kind of genre. Yeah, which is one of my favorite genres. I love I love fairy tales, and I love um, the reason why I love them is because of what you can do with them and how like you can change this. Like the story stays the same, but you can update it or do different things to it and different takes on the characters. And so you put it in modern setting, and it's like you know you're supposed to learn lessons from these stories when they were first told how do those translate to modern day and i, I just love that it's kind of one yeah of well it that was the whole premise behind the show grim yeah yeah so and have you ever read fables uh when i was a kid uh, there was always aesop's fables um and then the uh super uh super censored versions of the grim fairy tales. <laughs> and no, like, did you ever read, read the, the vertigo comic fables? Oh no, no, no. I, um, 
I, I wanted to, but it was one of those where my mom saw like a naked or semi-naked woman on the front cover and was like, Mm-mm, no, you're not reading that. <laughs> okay, so now that you don't have that, that concern anymore, you should really go back because it's all about like the all the fairy tales we knew and grew up with got chased out of their homelands by something known as the adversary and nobody really knows what it is. It just kind of like, you know, it was decimating their their worlds and so it's, it's lord farquad yeah well a little bit <laughs> a little bit but um the the ones that look human or have enough money that they were able to take with them that they can pay a witch to enchant them to make them look human live in a high rise in um new york city <laughs> And then all of the ones that are non-human looking live at a place in upstate New York called the farm. And so that's where like the three bears and the three little pigs and the dish that ran away with a spoon, they all live up on, on the farm. And so it's, it's all about them trying to navigate living in the real world while trying to decide how they're going to, like, are they ever going to go back and retake their homelands or are they just stuck here forever? And how do you, um, how do you negotiate you know who do you how do you negotiate all the all the bad blood between different characters so like they have this the great amnesty where in this new world all your sins are forgiven in your previous life but you have to stick to the the the, the straight and narrow so the big bad wolf is basically the sheriff. <laughs> oh my god! And um, he's basically basically he's Wolverine. Like the character is very Wolverine esque, where he's like no nonsense, investigates whatever he needs to investigate. Like kind With of an badass problem and a drinking yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's just it's a very very cool character. So. So I started back, like there's just years and years and years of the comic books. There's spinoffs, there's novels. Um, like one of them's Jack of Fables because the, the character of Jack is all the different Jacks from all the different stories. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it's such a good series. And I stopped reading it, I don't know, I think about two or three years in. And so now I'm like, well, I'll start back from the beginning and I'll just work my way back through. Yeah. Did did you ever get into uh, Once Upon a Time on ABC? I did. I think I started when they got into the Frozen characters. That was about, and it wasn't because I was not enjoying it. I just got distracted by other life things. Oh, easy to do. But I mean, it sounds like a lot of Once Upon a Time was mm -hmm. ripped off from fables. Oh, it absolutely was. I remember going to a panel at Comic-Con with uh, Bill Wingham, who's the, the writer of fables, and he was pissed. Oh, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I think he took I think he took it the idea to Disney, and then Disney was like, mm, no, not for us. And then like a season later, <laughs> you have Once Upon a Time. Oh my god! You know it really bugs me that corporations do that because I, sadly, from everything that I've heard, that's not a unique circumstance. No, it's not. It's really unfortunate because it, it's. I hope that now that because I think Once Upon a Time's been off air for a while, right? It's, oh yeah, it's, and it, it even had a spinoff that only lasted one season. Uh, that was Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I think I remember that. Yeah, um, but. 
you know, I would love to see them like resurrect that and do um, not resurrect it once upon a time, but re- resurrect the idea of doing a TV version of Fables because it's so good. They even have a video game version of it, like uh, one of those. Um, I forget the the name of the series, but you know the the storytelling ones. Um, well, not not the video game Fable. Um, they do. Oh, they have, Telltale. Telltale, yeah, they have the Batman and they have um, Walking Dead, Walking Dead, and yeah, and so they have um, they have a Fables one too. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, I haven't played that, but I've heard it's really good. There's another one out there that um, that I think you'd like. Um, it's super dark, though. It, it's a like a really dark take on Alice in Wonderland, um, which is already dark. Yes. Um, but it, in it, like Alice is uh, like um, like a psychopath, a, homic- mm-hmm. a homicidal maniac kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like runs around with a giant butcher knife. I remember um, that. I remember that game. I didn't. I don't know if I played it or I played just the beginning of it, like a like a promo thing. Yeah, like I I've never played it, but I have friends that have, and they're like, yes. <laughs> This scratches that inner goth in me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the fun thing about like the Wizard of Oz and um, and Wonderland. Those are two of my favorite stories because, again, like you can make it as cheerful or as dark as you want it to be, and it's all public domain. So, yeah, you know, there's all sorts of fun things you can do with it. Uh, and that that got me listening to a podcast called um, "The Wonderful Recap of Oz." Okay. And it's this guy, because you know there's like 44 canon books in the Oz series, right? No, I thought there was like two. <laughs> no, there's like 44. Um, 14 of them are original Frank L. Baum books. Um, and the first three are still my favorite. I think they're very, very, very well done. Uh, Wizard of Oz, Land of Oz, and Ozma of Oz. Honestly, uh, Land of Oz and Ozma Oz more than Wizard of Oz. Okay. But... Um, but so he's going through at least the first 14 original books and just kind of summarizing them, which is good because a lot of the books are just very random and the characters meet other characters and they do because they, they are very children's stories. Mm-hmm. But then then he'll have a random book that's like, ooh, this is violent and not really for children at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to you got to keep that that. uh that adult audience, you know? Yeah. It's like reading. in this book, Dorothy becomes a dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause I was reading ahead in, in the like characters, Wikipedia for fables. And I, <laughs> I guess the, the character of Dorothy in spoilers, if you're going to go back and, and read the fables books, but I guess Dorothy, um, doesn't like the amnesty because she, she enjoyed killing the wicked witch. And now she's a little bit of a, a oh. assassin for hire. <laughs> oh my God. That is, is definitely not something I saw the character going in. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, Brian, it's like fables is twisted. I think that's part of the reason why Disney was like, uh, no, because it's like Goldilocks is a, um, a fables right activist up on the farm 
Oh my and God. and he she's totally shacking up with baby bear and it's a whole like it's oh, all it's God. it's crazy weird but it's so fun oh my god i cannot imagine like 12 year old me reading stuff like that and just being like what is going on i i mean i would be more damaged than i already am <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> There, there have been a couple students that I, I was like, all right, I trust you. You're already watching stuff that's not appropriate for you. You will absolutely love this here. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of Wizard of Oz, I'm, I'm totally going to derail you here. But yeah, did you see they finally settled on the cast for the Wicked movie? I did. And I don't remember who, but I, I know some people were kind of shocked by the characters. I think uh, Ariana Grande is uh, playing um, Glinda. Mm-hmm. And I that can't I remember, and I don't remember who is playing Alphaba. Uh, Cynthia Arivo. I, I, I didn't know that Ariana Grande could act, um, and I've never heard of the girl playing Ephaba. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of people were kind of not not so much like upset or disappointed, just kind of surprised. Maybe a little confused. Maybe a little confused, yeah. So yeah, but, that's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I have you seen I think I mentioned it to you once we were hanging out. Um because Brian and I like <laughs> Brian and I have had one of the, the more successful pandemic like regular chat appointments <laughs> where we're like, Hey, let's have a get together on zoom. Kiki with week. Joe. Kiki with Brian. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think I mentioned once that there's a, or you sent it to me. I can't remember, but it's a, a, a gay guy watching a video where every single alphaba sings defying gravity. And they, Oh just, yeah. Yeah. And they stick them all together. So good. There's so many talented uh, actresses out there that have played the role. Yes. Most notably, Adina Menzel. Yes. Yes. She's kind of amazing. Kind of? She's <laughs> totally amazing. So, yeah. So, lots of Oz, lots of fables, lots of fairy tales. And then just because I can, um, you will appreciate this. Uh, I had friends stay over last night because one of them had a meeting out here in Palm Springs. And um, his husband handed me this this hat, and I'm like, "Oh, this is cool!" And it's got like a meditating Yoda on the front. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool!" And then he goes, "Turn it around," and it's actually from Lucas Films. Oh! And I was like, "Oh, this is going!" And of course, Ollie's trying to snatch it out of my hand because he's like, "You have something I want." Um, <laughs> But I no, this is not I, for puppies. <laughs> this is not for puppies. This is not even to be worn. <laughs> no, this is to go on a shelf in a glass case, <laughs> only to be signed by Frank Oz. Yeah. It's, oh my god, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I like he he is one of my bucket list meets. Yeah, Frank Oz is amazing. Which is going to bring us to I think one of the things that you have on your list. So. Uh -huh. Um, did you have any any like weekly geekery stuff that you wanted to go through, or should we like take a quick break and then just jump into all the random geeky stuff we're going to talk about today? Let's take a break and then be completely random. Awesome, awesome. All right, folks, we will be right back. 
as Maybe. I look for <laughs> as I look for the window with the there. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek to Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. And we had to come back really quickly because we started, <laughs> we just started talking offline. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 we should be recording this. <laughs> so um, I was sharing with, we were talking about different um, versions of um, movie and play musicals because Wicked just announced their cast. And a lot of people are like, hmm, this is, these are interesting choices. And I said, I don't think that the movie version is going to be anywhere near as good as the play because that's usually how it is. And then we started listing all the stuff that we didn't like the movie version as well as the musical version. You know, a lot of people will say that Cats is the worst one. Yes. I beg to differ. Um, I, I saw the Broadway in Chicago. I saw the Broadway original cast of Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. And then when they announced that a movie was coming out, I got really excited and I went and bought the movie. And oh my God, is that a hot piece of garbage? Oh, uh, uh, that's awful. And since we just finished talking about fairy tales and everything, I, I told Brian that I hated into the woods, the movie, um, but there is a recording of the original Broadway cast doing it on stage. Uh, first of all, Into the Woods is great on stage because you have to create an actual forest, an enchanted forest on stage. So just the the spectacle of that makes the play kind of awesome. Ooh. But um, but you can you can find it on YouTube, and uh, you had mentioned that you had gotten Broadway HD. It might be on there. Yeah. Um, and then real quick for, for people who don't know into the woods, haven't watched the movie or the play, the first act of into the woods is basically all the fairy tales. You know, them, you know, as you know them, but they've all been weaved together. So like the baker from the story of the baker and his wife is the brother of Rapunzel and also the guy who gives Jack the magic beans. And so they're all kind of integrated into each other, but that's the first act. And they all at the end of the first act, they all live happily ever after. Then you go to an admission, and when you come back, it's like a couple months later, and it's how they survive living together after the happily ever after, and it is not going well. Um, <laughs> the 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 prince is cheating on off is cheating on Cinderella. The um, the giant's wife has come down to wreak havoc against Jack. 
Um, it's just a whole, it's a whole thing. And a lot of it was taken out of the movie. The movie just does not have the level of complexity that the stage play does. And it's such a shame. But I mean, it's, it's like that though, with like books to movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. They have to simplify. Well, I don't always know that they have to simplify it, but they feel like they have to simplify it to dumb it down for the audience. And then you know, you end up with kind of a second rate version of what you're going to see, you know, and uh, yes. And I think also they feel like they have to bring in these big names from pop culture and movies mm-hmm. and to, to make it more appealing to people, not like realizing, or maybe they do that if they were just to cast like the original Broadway cast, that it would be just as good just mm-hmm. as you know enticing for people right well and i mean i i realize like for for in the heights i don't know if you got to see that this this summer but um lin-manuel miranda had been asked for years if he would play if he would reprise the the role and his whole thing was he's like well no because i'm too old like I've aged out of that part. I'll, I'll be in it. I'll play the, the Piragua guy, but no, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, the character. So a lot of times these are made so far past when the character played them or when the actor played them that they've kind of aged out of the part. So I get that, but, um, but then, you know, cast somebody who'd be in a touring company of it. Don't just pick named actors. Cause <laughs> then you end up with um, what's his name playing uh, Javert in, oh, in Les Mis. <laughs> so, oh, Russell Crowe. Oh my god! So bad, so bad. Oh, but Hugh Jackman <laughs> was fantastic. So it was um, Anne Hathaway. Yes. Yeah. No. The the thing with the thing with Les Mis is the they're trying to get this like epic stage play where all the actors are projecting these epic songs to the back row in a theater. Yeah, and then they're putting them in a box because <laughs> the camera has to zoom in on them. So it looks like they're overacting, or they have to pull back, and then it's not as impressive. It's a very stage to screen is a very odd transition. But I mean, you know, the the one I feel like could have done it best was Phantom of the Opera. Yes, because because there's so much of that where the actors are facing away from the audience in the actual play because the, you know, they've got a curtain backdrop and, you know, they're performing to an imaginary crowd and you're sitting backstage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- that would have lent itself so well to a movie. Um, sorry. Sorry. No, <laughs> no problem. No. No. All right. Go see who it is. It's just the mailman. Um, where were we? <laughs> uh, um, yes. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, but then they had to go and cast, you know, like Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Um, and, you know, which, okay, you know, surprise, Gerard Butler can kind of sing. But the girl they cast as Christine Daae. Mm-hmm those notes were way too high for her mm. it, because you could hear that, that, that whispery thing that happens 
when when something's out of your register. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just like that the whole movie. Like she did not have the pipes for it. Yeah. Um, the whole reason why we hopped right back on though is because you were talking about getting a Broadway HD and tell talk about why you got Broadway HD because if uh, people don't oh know about god. this series, they're missing out. Oh my god. Okay, so I the entire reason I got Broadway HD was because of the It Goes Wrong show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's a it's a British cast. Um, and their whole thing is like, what if we do this play, but everything goes completely wrong? It is hysterical. Um, I first got sucked into it with um, Peter Pan Goes Wrong. It's so funny. Oh, my God. I, I was crying from how funny that was. Um, and then they did another one where it was like a um, like a Jane Austen type play where it was just like heavy dialogue. It was set in Victorian era mm-hmm. and, and that was hilarious as well. Um, lots of like Buster Keaton style slapstick comedy um, or physical comedy. Um, but the, the, that goes wrong show is basically like a sitcom that goes wrong. It is priceless. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think they have a they have a, a scary version too, where like they're telling like they're doing like horror, like a horror. Uh, what are they called? Like you know those Elvira and Vincent Price movies. Like you know they're supposed to be scary, but <laughs> they're so cheesy they're not. And I think they have an episode or two where they do that. They do like scary movies that go terribly wrong, or scary. Oh my god! Yeah, scary I, plays I, that go terribly wrong. I need to find that. Um, yeah, no, there's so much fun stuff out there. Um, I am going to look at your list that you sent me of stuff that you've been into and I'm, cause I've got questions. Okay. <laughs> I, um, have questions. Questions I have that I need have questions. Answering. Well, first of all, Muppets haunted house. Was it worth it? Okay. So with any Muppets movie, it's geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. Right. This was very much along those lines. It was just as good as Muppet Treasure Island. Um, it was just as good as the other Muppets movies that were out. Um, a lot of people were upset with it because it's like it gets passed through the nostalgia filter. You know, people remember the Muppets being absolutely hysterical. It's like, yeah, but you were eight. Right. Um, and then a lot of people were complaining that it wasn't funny. Um, and it's like, okay, but you have to be a fan of the ride mm-hmm. in order to get a lot of the jokes. Do um, they tell uh, the story of what's supposed to be going on in the Haunted Mansion? Because I know there's a very complicated story that most people don't even realize. Um, it is it is touched on. like They touched on the major points. Mm-hmm. But it's very much like if somebody rode the ride once or twice... And they really liked it, made a movie with Muppets. Gotcha. Um, it's it basically Gonzo has to spend the night in a haunted mansion. Um, to it's some kind of like stay the night challenge mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and it's just 
you know, it's just kind of like the stuff he encounters and it's, it's little nods to stuff that goes on in the haunted mansion. Um, there's all these celebrity cameos and I've now reached the age where I'm like, okay, I recognize two of them. (laughs) I hate that where you're like, this is somebody I should know. And I just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, um, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, but going back to the overarching story of the actual ride, it is incredible and completely unintentional how that story came about. Are, are you familiar? Yeah, I, I know, I know a little bit about the story, but I don't remember. I don't know anything about how it came out. Cause I know you're a big Disney fan. So you probably have the inside scoop. <laughs> yes. Um, I could probably do an entire podcast on the haunted mansion. Um, but short version is they had two different designers working on the haunted mansion. One designer wanted it to be super spooky and scary. The other designer wanted it to be kind of goofy and fun, like pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because that designer did pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Um, so what ended up happening was, a mashing of the two. Um, The first part of the ride is, you know, the, um, the museum of the weird. Um, It's very spooky. And then something happens and it flips to like the goofy fun party. Okay. Um, Now the story that's kind of come about is like a multi-layered story. You're learning about, different characters and their story and blah, 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 blah. But essentially as the writer of the haunted mansion, and this is the one I subscribe to and it makes sense the most is that for the first part of the ride, you're mortal, you are alive, you're moving through the story and you are chased by this murderous bride. Okay. And the part where you're going through the attic and then you get flipped on your back Mm -hmm. and are coming down that hill into the graveyard, Mm -hmm. you die. Oh, wow. Because you're falling out of an attic window, you're dead. And then once you're dead, that's when the ghoul party happens. Uh, And that's when everything's all happy and jaunty and, you know, and, you know, the bride at the end is like, hurry back, you know, come back to our party. You're dead now. Mm-hmm. And if you look, when you exit the ride, you're exiting from a crypt. Oh, that's really clear. I never thought of it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That all that all works out. I still want to go on it now. <laughs> right? Watch it with that, I, that, that, that process. Yeah, because it's like. It, it's to- and that's why you know the caretaker and the dog, they're not like addressing you as a living person. They're just kind of cowering. Mm-hmm. Is because you're a ghost floating by them. They're freaked out. That's awesome. And yeah, I didn't even think about you coming out of a crypt. It changes your perspective quite a bit, doesn't it? It really does. It really, really does. That's so cool. I love stuff like that. And it's very much how they approach um, the Muppet Haunted Mansion as well. 
as you know it's like what you think is being alive is not really alive gotcha 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 um so i'm gonna we almost watched that for halloween but i just didn't think matt was going to be able to stick with um was going to be able to stick with muppets like <laughs> he, he he doesn't like things that are are juvenile so <laughs> they're like animation is very hard for him to get around oh. um muppets he kind of thinks is silly he tolerates but i just didn't think i was gonna be able to put put that off but um so we ended up watching hocus pocus because <gasps> yay I, well <laughs> we didn't get all the way through it because okay. yeah so this is the second time Matt gets very down on me because I don't like um, I don't like holidays. <laughs> I don't know who hurt me as a child, but I don't like holidays. And oh. uh, Halloween tends to be my favorite, so I I kind of want to participate in that more than others. But I also live in Palm Springs where there are no children, so it's not even like I can handle. It. <laughs> There's a sign when you enter the city limits. It's like no children allowed. Almost like we go, we go back into LA, and I'm like, what are all these like small things running around? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so I've started this tradition. We did it last year. We did it this year, where I pick just kind of like a fun, nostalgic movie for me from my childhood, and then his parents come over, and I make dinner. And or we order out, and we, um, and then we watch the movie. And I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if Ollie was like just really particularly needy, or if something something happened. No, the TV. I think the TV wasn't working properly, and so it took us forever to get the the movie started. And we were going to watch two movies. We we're going to watch Monster Squad and Hocus Pocus. And we ended up only getting through Monster Squad. And it was just very, very frustrating because it was like rushed at the end before we had to all go, you know, go home and get to bed for the next day. So this year, yeah, I'm like, Halloween on Sunday is tough. Yes, Halloween on Sunday is tough. So this year, I was like, all right, when I was growing up, my mom always made us chili for, um, for Halloween because it was like easy to prep ahead of time. And then, you know, eat and go and we could go yep. treating. So I got a really cool chili recipe. I think it turned out really great. I was very happy with it. And then you as a uh, chef would appreciate, I, I was very excited. It didn't turn out as good as I wanted to, it to, but I, I think I know why I think I know what I did wrong. Uh, I made my own processed cheese <laughs> where I took, um, like really good cheeses and melted them down and then added um, evaporated milk and a little bit of gelatin to get that like meltiness. Yep. Because, because you know, when you, when you melt older aged fancy cheeses, you just get oil. <laughs> you don't get, yeah. <laughs> you don't get anything good. So it was good and the flavor was amazing, but it was a little more grainy. I think I needed to like process it a little bit more, blend it a little bit more. Well, next time you do that, let me know. I will teach you how to make a bechamel first and then add your cheese to it. And it comes out much better. It be, it's a cheese sauce, essentially. Mm. Well, I used it for um, grilled cheese sandwiches. So it oh, had to okay. be, yeah, okay. so it had to be sliceable. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah, so that's, so, you know, it turned out okay. The flavor was great. It just wasn't as smooth. It was a little grainy, especially the next day. It was very cool, though. I was like, 
I could do this on a regular, just like try different cheeses and mix them up anyway. So anyway, so we're, we're doing, um, we're, we're eating dinner. We start Hocus Pocus. Um, Ollie demands to go out to, to go to the bathroom. And sometimes he takes a while because he wants to roam around and sm- smell things and everything. And I don't know if I was just like checking my phone or wasn't paying attention, but you know, he pees, he comes back in and then Matt's petting him and he goes, ow, what in the hell? Ollie had basically gotten cactus spines all uh, the way up and down his back. <laughs> uh. So I then proceeded to spend the next 90 minutes of my Halloween pulling cactus spines out of my puppy's fur and back. <laughs> uh. So this is two for two now. <laughs> it, it's just It's just not meant to be. It's cursed. It's it's just uh, my my Halloweens are meant to not be relaxing at home. <laughs> oh, poor Joe. Yeah, but I mean, we were we were totally going to watch Hunt, Muppets Haunted Mansion. I just didn't think we were going to be able to um, pull it off. Yeah, I definitely. If if Matt is not a fan of the juvenile, he would not enjoy Muppet Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Um, which I don't understand, but you know, everybody's allowed their own geekiness or lack thereof. Yep. Uh, the other ghost, let's keep the ghost, uh, theme going. You have something about Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yes. Um, it comes out this month. I have been waiting so long, so, 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 so long for a true sequel to the Ghostbusters franchise. Um, I, I'm not one of those that was like, eh, all female cast, eh, Ghostbusters, eh. no. That movie was just garbage on its own. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a great movie. It, I wanted it to be better than it was. Oh, everybody did. Um, but this movie, I, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I have not. Oh my god, so good. So good. Um, basically, it is Egon Spangler's daughter and her kids. He, has, he left them a family farm somewhere in the Midwest. I think it's like Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and they go out there knowing nothing about their grandfather, what he did, any of that. And they start finding little nuggets of like Ghostbusters history. Um, And the kid ends up like getting the Ecto one ruling again, because he's like, Oh, it was the only one with an engine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then something happens and they're talking about like the second coming of Gozer. Okay. Like from the first movie. Uh-huh. Um, and they've been dropping little things here and there. Like, you know, as commercials are coming out promoting it. And um, Stay Puffed is a thing in in this next movie. Like Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Uh-huh. But in, instead of like, you know, a 40-foot Marshmallow Man, you've got these tiny little Marshmallow Men that are like adipose from the Doctor Who. Oh, okay. 
Um, and then most recently, uh, Paul Rudd uh, is being chased around by um, one of the terror dogs. Nice. But I am, I am so excited. All the critics that have seen it already are like, yes, this is a great movie. That's um, so exciting. I'm, I, I love that series. I'll have to, we'll have to definitely cover that because Ghostbusters is fun. Yes. And I think it comes out on the 19th. So of November. So this month. Yeah. So oh, wow. Two weeks as of recording this. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we will make plans, sir. Cause I, yes, that, that is exciting and I haven't seen it. Um, but I will look at the trailers. Yes, awesome. please do. I could, yeah, go ahead. Um, along along the lines of ghost stuff, I this last Wednesday played. Have you played Phasmophobia? I have not. Uh, do you know what it is? I do not. It is uh, a video game about ghost hunting, and so you go into. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be very horror film type, scary movie but you go into different houses and different locations and you have to figure out what type of ghost it is and then there's different um secondary quests that you have to get and you know the idea is to go in identify the ghost do things like take pictures of paranormal activity and then get the hell out of there because at some point the ghost starts hunting you Oh, okay. And and it becomes this like you have to hide from it and it is terrifying. Uh the way the the way it's set up, it's still in beta, so they're constantly making improvements to it, but you're supposed to wear headphones and you're supposed to use their chat, but you have a, an open microphone whether you're in their chat or not. So if I'm talking to you on Discord, the 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 game hears you. <laughs> And so the when you get chased by a ghost, you have to turn off all your equipment and hide. And if you make too much noise, it'll find you. Um, and when you're walking around, it'll like whisper in your ear or you'll hear different. It's it, like if you let yourself get into it, it is the scariest, most ridiculously fun game because you have you have to play it with other people. It's too scary to play by yourself. Uh. Yeah, I I don't do well with horror games, especially where like shit jumps out at you. Like mm-hmm. I horror movies, absolutely. Give them to me, I will consume them by the hundreds. When I have control of the situation and I'm I have a goal to accomplish and I don't know what's coming at me, uh-uh, I can't do it. It it, it brings down my walls and I'm just like eh. <laughs> well, I played with I played with uh, Kelly Hightower and Todd from uh, Nerdberg Review and my brother, and we've kind of um, you know m- my brother has played it the most, so he was kind of leading us through, <laughs> and it's ridiculous because like you'll just get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm going to go stand outside <laughs> because I can't be inside anymore. I need to stand outside. This is too scary. Yeah. 
uh, they uh, just they just put in a, a campsite one, and so we're exploring this this uh, campsite, and and Kelly goes, "Okay, you guys have to find the deck. Come over here to the deck, the um, the little uh, landing for the for boats and stuff." And so you go out to it, and there's a a Jason mask floating in the in the water. Oh, like God. there's just these little details everywhere. It's just it's such a good game. <laughs> Are, is it is it free to play because it's in beta? Um, I think it's very inexpensive if it's not. I remember. I th- I think I may have paid for it, but like like nine bucks or something like that. All right. Next time you guys play, let me know. I'll I'll join you. That would be a, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> you, you'll get to hear me scream like a little girl. <laughs> you would just be you would be in good company, sir. Oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple times where I'm like, "Oh God!" And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "It just whispered at me." Because they, they really like they'll they'll do it in it, like it's not like stereo in your headset. It'll be in like the right or the left ear. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's creepy. <laughs> um. So yeah. So lots of lots of post Halloween um scary stuff. That's kind of fun. Yeah, but you know, okay, so Halloween doesn't end on Halloween. There's no written rule that says Halloween has to end, you know, at the stroke of midnight, you know? This is Um, true. You know, if they can force feed me Christmas stuff in September, I can expand my Halloween season by a couple of days. (laughs) I would agree. I would absolutely, absolutely agree. Uh, So, I mean, like, you know... Take some extra time. Watch Hocus Pocus. You know, like nothing says you have to stop. Yeah, I have to go back and, and finish the movie because I was really enjoying it until my dog decided to get. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, you got to get ready for next fall because next fall Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. I was like, we got to watch it because the sequel's coming out and it's a big deal because they've been trying to get it made for years and it's a thing. So, yeah. Definitely. I'm excited. All right. A couple of other things on your list. What is lock and key? I feel like I've heard of it, but what is lock and key? Okay. So perfect in line with the Halloween spooky season. Um, So season two just dropped. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm super excited. I'm probably going to start it today. Um, But lock and key is this horror mystery thriller that's uh from netflix um it's actually based on a comic by the same name lock and key um it is about this family uh, with the last name lock Mm -hmm. um and they live in this manner um not too spoilery but the dad dies um first episode of the first season um, and they move to his childhood home, which is Key Manor. Um, okay. And all this weird stuff starts to happen. Um, there's this thing that lives in the well that the youngest member of the family talks to. Um, and there's an introduction into these mysterious keys that are hidden throughout the house and property. And each key has a special ability 
Um, one key uh, when you insert it into something or touch it to something immediately sets it on fire. Okay. Um, another key when you put it in a door and turn it allows you to go through any door anywhere in the world. Oh, wow. Um, there's another key that turns you into a ghost. There's another uh, key that uh, basically unlocks the inside of your head. So you can go in to the inside of your head and pull out specific memories. And, um, and of course, there's a big bad that's trying to collect all the keys. And there's a whole mystery behind that person. And oh, it is so good. Um, and it's very much like, um, uh, like how stranger things was in the first mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. um, where you have, you have the little kids story, you have the teenager story, and then you have the adults. Um, so it definitely feels like stranger things in that aspect. That's awesome. I have to go back and I think we saw the first episode and I think first something, something about, about it was not a Matt thing. So it had to go on my list of go oh. on your own. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. It is definitely underrated. Now um, there's two seasons of it. Are they still making? Yes. They, um, according to Connor Jessup, who is the older brother, Mm-hmm. Also, also very proud gay man. Oh, um, he has said that they've already finished filming because they filmed season two and three together. Okay. Um, so they're just waiting until next fall to release it, I guess. Okay. And will that be the last season or are they trying to do a season four? We don't know. I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit, like I've I, I I hesitate if something only has one season, or or like two seasons. I always I'm like, do I want to get into this? But if it only has to a third be heartbroken, season, exactly because I still haven't watched the last episode of Alphas because I'm like I've heard it's cliffhanger and why why bother? Yeah, because exactly. it never made a third season. Yeah, uh, and and so for that reason, I mean, like um, one of my favorite Netflix shows, Lost in Space. Hmm. Um, starting in December is their third and final season. But they're actually going to conclude it? Oh, yeah. that They've already planned to conclude it and everything. But still, it's like, uh, it's so good. Why only three? Right, right, right. Although I honestly would rather it conclude on a high note than go too long. Because it happens. True. Yeah. I mean, Green Arrow, Flash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those. <laughs> um, all right. So Uncharted, this is a game that I have not played, but the movie's coming out and it looks like Tom Holland's in it. Yes. Um, Tom Holland it plays Nathan Drake. Um, you really, really should play the Uncharted games because they're fantastic. Um, it's kind of like a funny, quirkier Tomb Raider. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and uh, the main character, uh, Nathan Drake is voiced by Nolan North, um, who also did Deadpool in the video games. So the humor is very much 
like Deadpool. Oh, fun. Um, and it's, it, it, it's kind of like Tomb Raider meets Assassin's Creed as far as the gameplay style. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of climbing puzzles. Uh, the stories are incredible. Um, the first story or the first game is all about finding the fortune of Sir Francis Drake and El Dorado. Um, the second one is all about Shangri-La. Um, the third game is, uh, forgive me. It's been a while, but it's like a, um, it's an Arab myth about a lost city in the desert that holds a fortune. And then the fourth game is about uh, pirate's treasure. Oh, fun. And, and it's very much like Goonies, One-Eyed Willie. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but the movie is coming out uh, in February. Um, Tom Holland plays Nathan Drake, um, which, I mean, wouldn't necessarily have been my first choice. Um I was very much a fan of um, Nathan Fillion playing Nathan Drake. Yes, from what I'm looking at online, it looks like it's uh, he was definitely the more, definitely an appropriate choice. Yes, because the the humor style was very much the same. He looks very much like Nathan Drake, um, so. That's kind of unusual. I I see that they're going with like a younger take. Like this is Nathan Drake's first adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, They're definitely setting it up to be a franchise, which I'm okay with because I love the games. Right. Um, The one thing that I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't think so. Don't really like that. Is that uh, Mark Wahlberg is playing Sully. Now, Sully is like the older mentor of Nathan Drake, the partner in crime, the guy that always has a scheme going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is not Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Well, maybe he will surprise us because he surprised us. um, I mean, when when he was first becoming an actor, I was like, no, (laughs) not Mark Wahlberg. No. And he's not bad, like like a lot of his movies. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> Brian does not agree. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of side with the, the comedian. He acts like he's out of breath in every scene, in every I can, movie. Yes. No, I have definitely seen that. I, I mean, I don't know that I've like, he's not on my, on my list of must sees. So I don't know that I pay that much attention to his acting style, but, and I would never claim him to be the best. But, you know, I, I think <laughs> I think it's a matter of expectations. I had such low expectations that when it wasn't that bad, I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. Yeah. But see, I mean, like I am super torn about Uncharted because Tom Holland, love him. He's yummy. He's a good actor. You know, everything that I want. Um, Mark Wahlberg, not a chance. Hate him. the story looks really great but we'll see all right so i'm looking at um 
the Uncharted website. And it says the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Is that like all the ones up till this point? Um, it should be. You said it's the Uncharted Legacy collection? Yes, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Yes, so that is going to be the four Uncharted games plus one or two spinoffs. Oh, cool. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's, it. I cannot recommend it enough. You will become obsessed and you'll just be like, I need more. That's 2022 release. Yeah, so 2022 release, um, but it is for PC. Oh, the PC version is in development by our partners and, and will be released shortly after the PS5 version. Yes. Um, check, because there is the Uncharted collection that is the first three games. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's available for PC, Um but I know it's available for PlayStation Four. Okay, yeah, I only have the, I only have the PC. I'm not a Google uh, gamer. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. That that I'm, I'm looking forward to then because I always look for different. I I am I am for for somebody who considers himself a gamer. There's a lot of games out there I just have not played. Oh, uh, see, I mean. I'm, I'm with you on that one because there's a lot that I haven't played or I've touched and don't really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But you have to at least attempt the big franchises because there's a reason they're big. Right, right. So that is now on my list. Sweet. Now on my list. Um, and it's good because right now I couldn't possibly get – like it would be it would be ill-advised for me to start up right now. <laughs> but it's not coming out until early next year, so – Hopefully it'll come out around spring break or, or summer and I will be able to actually sit down and enjoy it. There you go. All right. What else do we have on here? Um, Forged in fire. Okay. Easily my favorite show on television right now. Um, it is very much um, a, reality competition show okay but it is more like a british reality competition show there's there's none of these games where they they toy with the viewer's emotion and they're like oh you know you were gonna win but no you know like you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. where they call out the guy's name and say you are not the champion Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's, and the contestants are very supportive of each other. In several instances, they help each other out. Um, but it is a competition knife making show. Oh wow! They take four smiths every episode and have them make a blade. Then they whittle it down to three. Then they have to attach a handle to the blade. And then they test it. Uh, Some of these challenges are ridiculous. Like, we're going to bash your knife into a steel bolt and see how it holds up. Wow. Um, And then it's whittled down to two. And then the final two guys have to make a weapon from history. 
Um, sometimes it's a pirate boarding axe. Um, there's been a pirate cutlass. There's been a halberd. There's been crossbows. So they have to forge this weapon. They send them back to their home forge for four days to make this weapon the best they can possibly make it. Then they come back and do more ridiculous tests. And it is just an incredible show. If you if you haven't seen an episode, do yourself a favor, watch an episode. What what is this? Was is what is this on? Like where do I go to find this? History channel. Okay. I'm gonna have to see if I have an access to that on Apple TV. <laughs> um, if you have Discovery Plus, um, they've got episodes there. Okay. Um, as well as Hulu has episodes. Okay. I mean, it's it's like it's got seven seasons, and okay, so so all those things that happen is in one episode. Yeah. Oh my god, because um, there's eighteen. I'm not going to try and do the math, but eight in the first season, ten in the second season, sixteen in the next season, twenty three in the following season. The fifth season has forty. They drop down to thirty in season six, and then back up to thirty seven in season seven. That's insane. And season eight is in pre production right now. How how do they are they always like do they have recurring care like do the the people come back or are they always new people? It's it's mostly new people every episode, um, but they have episodes where they bring back people that were eliminated early or you know they have like the fan favorite episodes. Um, one uh, one contestant uh, one twice oh wow and they ended up bringing him back as a judge oh that's Um, really cool but it's mainly the three judges that are the consistent um up through season six or season seven uh the host is the same but then they change to a different guy and he's not as good but um yeah it is a phenomenal show and it's got two spinoffs um one is called knife or death. Um, and it's basically all these blacksmiths make a knife at their home forge and they bring it in just for these crazy tests. Um, and then the other one is, it's honestly my favorite of this, of the whole thing is forged in fire, beat the judges where they said, yeah, they send the contestants up against these master smiths. Ah, uh, so cool. Like, okay, so what I think, like, astonishes me the most is that they have this many blacksmiths that actually could do this kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's yeah. just that is just insane to me. Well, and I mean, a lot of them are just rednecks that are like, yeah, I built this you know, a forge out of a satellite dish and some coal. And (laughs) I've just been farting around with it for 20 some odd years, making the occasional knife. So it's just, it's, it's, it's hobbyists. It's hobbyists. It's professionals. Um, In the later seasons, you get people that are like, yeah, I started blacksmithing because of forged in fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've looked into it. <laughs> I've looked into it. and I'm like, I don't need another hobby. I don't need another hobby, especially one that can be this expensive. So maybe don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll, I'll we'll look at it as something cathartic. <laughs> yeah, if I can't do it. Maybe they can. Like, I can watch them do it. Yeah, but the winner of each episode ends up with a check for ten grand. Oh wow, that's, that's a pretty chunk of change for a one episode reality show. Yep. Excellent. But it's fantastic. And the last thing you have on here is Robin, which could mean many things. <laughs> uh, specifically, I, I was blown away by the um, the fan-made trailer for a Robin Williams biopic. Okay. Did you see that? No. So there's this uh, guy, Jamie Costa, who's been doing this Robin Williams impression for years. Um, He made it big on Vine for doing Robin Williams impressions. He looks like him. He sounds like him. It's creepy. Wow. Uh, um, And, you know, he was always kind of this Internet star. Nobody ever took him seriously until... um, about a month ago he did this this like monologue with another actor um as if it they were doing a robin williams biopic and it mm-hmm. was just this just this little thing and it was robin williams on the set of mork and mindy reacting to the news that john belushi died oh and it's this huge range of emotion like because he goes from being this silly crazy mork character getting ready to shoot an episode to you know going through the five stages of grief in like two minutes oh wow and then putting on that brave face and going back to being that mork character that's, and, that's incredible. Like I'm, I'm now that's going to be on my, <laughs> See, this is why I love talking to you. Like this, <laughs> you got me into a lot of trouble over, uh, over the, the pandemic because every time we we visited, I had like 10 more things I had to go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't believe you haven't seen it because it was literally all over the internet. Uh, like how incredible and now there's like a fan petition that are demanding a robin williams biopic with jamie costa playing robin williams wow like like it is oh so good and nobody really realized that he was an incredible actor they just thought he was a like a vine star or like a TikTok star and like not to be taken that seriously. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It gets you into trouble. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta give people their chance, (laughs) but it seriously, Joe, go watch it. It's incredible. And it's like, it's maybe at the most, I would say 10 minutes. Oh, cool. So it's very, bite size yeah and that's good for me right now that is definitely good for me right now yes (laughs) but yeah i I cannot i I was hoping you had seen it because like i wanted to talk to you about it more but whatever well that just means that we're gonna have to have you on again very soon yes so yes that would be awesome well thank you so much for 
for again, anytime I talk to you, I end up with a full list of like it's right here, full list of stuff I need to go now participate in, and that's out for the day. So I have like two hours. <laughs> I have two hours to do all these things. <laughs> yes. Um, but thank you so so much for uh, coming and hanging out, and uh, I do miss you. I miss you too, Joe. We need to hang out in person soon. Say when. <laughs> All right. Uh, any any shout outs for this this week? Uh, shout out to my old co-host, Philippe Conway, uh, who just adopted the most adorable puppy. <gasps> well, definitely say hi to Philippe for me. It's been ages. I, I will. I will. Very cool. Um, I want to give a shout out to Pride Palm Springs. Um, we're doing that this weekend and i actually am going to be marching in the parade tomorrow i'm not looking forward to it i'm not looking <laughs> me in a parade is not something i am very it might surprise people especially since i'm a theater person but i don't like being in front of other people so <laughs> uh i'm a little nervous but i am excited to be able to i'm going with my my gsa from the high school so so very excited about that, and um, and so shout out to the people who have organized uh, Pride in Palm Springs. Here, here. No idea what's coming up next week because, as I said, Ray is like normally this week it would have been our our Eternals episode. So if you were tuning in, going where's the Eternals talk? We're waiting for Ray's schedule to to clear because I would much rather have a late episode than not be able to talk with Ray about a Marvel movie. Like, I feel like I don't want to break that tradition. <laughs> so um, we will do Eternals when he gets back. It may be a couple weeks from now, but it is, it is on the, it is on the schedule. We just have to figure out what day it will actually land on. So be patient. It gives people, especially since we're in post pandemic movie going, some people may be taking their time to go see it. So this will give everybody a chance to, to go see it. And then we will talk about it in a couple weeks. But uh, so next week, no idea what we're doing, but it'll be fun. I'm sure we'll come up with something. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdbird Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Farming Simulated, and sometimes Rob. Also go check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bama Shocks, Troidal Power, and Geen. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Brian, where can we find you? Um, huddled in a corner, rocking back and forth, trying not to lose my mind. <laughs> uh, any social media? Uh, not currently. Um, actually, uh, if you are interested in 
leather working or having something made out of leather, you can follow uh, Nerdsmith Leatherworks on Instagram. Uh, I am currently accepting commissions uh, for the 2022 season. Um, I don't have any photos of current projects up yet because they are all in production, but very soon. But you can send me an email or a message there, and I will be happy to work out uh, what you want and pricing. Excellent. Excellent. And I've seen some of his stuff, guys. It's really good. So Thank definitely you. check him out. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Um, we are definitely going to talk off air about future engagements because, again, all the stuff on here like can be followed up on. <laughs> Very yes. excited. Uh, but thanks again. And hey, of course, anytime. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs> <laughs>